Today we're going to be talking about a subject that's it's a tough one, anxiety, depression, and the Christian life. And I am so excited, I can't even tell you that I get to sit with these two people. Um, so often I hear people say, you know, what's this world coming to, the future generation, you know, they just, you know, how can we trust this world to them? These two are people who are all in, and I mean all in when it comes to just the way they live their life, and, but it's even more, it's their heart. I don't think either one of them is out there trying to, to prove anything to the world, to show them that their Christian life, they just truly want to go out and love people and share Jesus. So it's awesome that they get to be here with us. This is such a treat. Um, could you guys just both kind of introduce yourself, say a little bit about what you're doing and how old you are and all that kind of good stuff? So yeah. Bray, why don't you start? Tell them what you went to school for. Because she's doesn't yeah. really bring this up. Well, this is pretty made. This is pretty good stuff. Yeah. So I'm Bree. I work with Mission. And I got my master's in neuroscience slash psychology at the University of Iowa. So I studied the brain for a long time, and it's definitely my favorite subject and thing to talk about. So yeah, yeah. I'm really excited. And right now, yeah, just working for Michelle. How old are you? 28. 28. There she is. And a little side note, my niece. And I just want to tell you, I, I've never... Can't you tell her looks <laughs> yes. not in the family? Yeah, just exactly the same. But um, <laughs> Bree, I've known her obviously her whole life. And she has been such an amazing influence in, in her own immediate family, but also in the extended family. And she really has brought so many of us to a stronger place of faith. Um, even in high school, the way that she lived out certain things and challenges was just amazing. So, um, yay, Bree. And this, so this is what's so fun. Bree lived with me for about six or seven weeks um, last year. And Ted then also lived with me for a while. And so I feel like it's so awesome that I get to have the two of you here. So, Tevin, tell them a little bit about you. Um, I'm Tevin Lucas. I'm 21 years old. I live in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Um, and I just started the nonprofit foundation um, that deals with depression, anxiety, suicide, and just helping um, reach the younger generation um, with the epidemic that's sweeping across the country um, with suicide and letting kids know that there is hope for their life um, no matter what they're going through and letting them know that they're more loved um, than they can ever imagine. And so doing that right now. So when I was 21, just truth be told, I was really concerned about where the next beer was coming from and what I could do to make my life more fun. And I think about like how you two have chosen to live. Brie also did um, something called the um, World Race. 11 months, 11 countries, meeting those with the biggest needs. I mean, these people have a heart for God, but both of them at times have struggled with anxiety and depression. And, and what, you know, Bree and I were talking about yesterday was just about how does the, the church take it when you're a Christian who struggles? So talk a little bit about maybe some of the struggles you've had and then also just what you have heard from other people about how they feel about the church when they mention this. Yeah, so I would say this is definitely an area I'm very passionate about. And I love to have discussions with people because I feel like if you haven't, been depressed or struggled with anxiety, it can be really, really hard to like really understand what's going on. Um, but for those of us who have, I think, at least in my experience, it's not something you really want to bring up. Because, for instance, I was in charge of like a prayer ministry at my church, and I thought, oh, if I 
bring up that I'm feeling depressed, that probably they're going to think, oh, you're a bad Christian, you know, oh, you're just, you're not, you're not walking with the Lord right now, you know, and it's just like a sign of, like, weakness, whereas if I was a prayer leader and I broke my leg, I wouldn't care who knew, you know, I'd be like, oh, yeah, sure, went to the doctor, maybe get some, like, people to help me open doors and stuff, you know, I'd really be milking it, yeah. but I think it's just, Anxiety and depression are more associated with who you are. And it's your own fault, almost, if you're suffering from those things. And when I was going through, like, a period of just, like, intense stress and a lot of, like, anxiety in my life, a lot of people would just say, you know, oh, well, have you just read this book? Or, oh, have you just prayed through these 12 steps of, like, redemptive healing? Or, oh, like, what are the unconfessed, like, sins in your life right now? And I was just like, whoa. And it, what all that does is just put more burden on yourself and just reinforces this idea that <clears throat> it's your fault that this is happening to you. And if you were just closer with God or were just doing more of the right things, then this wouldn't be a problem. And so I think I'm very passionate and gung-ho about letting people know that it's not like, it's not your own fault. And it's not a burden you are just meant to carry alone. And I think in the church, you know, we just want to, we don't want to have to expose those weaknesses that might lead people to believe that, oh, we don't, we're not really as close to Jesus as they thought, you know? Yeah. I think those things have just brought me closer to Jesus, if anything. And so, yeah, this culture of silence, I'm just not about it. I think that talking about our weaknesses, not in a general term, like, oh, I struggled with something, but, like, specific, like, oh, I had anxiety really bad, and I was, like, on my floor crying. That's, like, my own story, personally. But, and just, like, being really open about it just enables other people to do the same and just, like, creates much more of a culture of freedom. So, yeah, that's what I would love to see in the church yeah. and in small groups. And, and, and I think when she was talking about, like, you know, if you break your leg, it's, it's okay to talk about that. Yeah. It's not like, oh, you're a weak person because your bone broke. And, you know, I'm going to come back to Brie in a little bit, and she's going to talk a little bit more about really the brain and, and how, the, you know, what happens and what can cause anxiety and, and, and things that are, are very, I guess, medical, that kind of stuff. Um, but first, I also want to ask Tevin this. So, Tevin, um, what I find often is that it's from our own struggles that we really find our passion, and we realize that God has a purpose for us because of what we went through. And what I was hoping is you could share a little bit about maybe what you went through and how that spurred you on to do what you're doing. And then even more specifically, when you're in the schools, because he goes, um, his, and he'll tell you more, but he goes into schools and he gives hope and love to kids. And specifically, what are some things people watching, can either, they need to hear or they could use and talk to their own children about? Yeah, um, for it's me. It's a big question. Yeah. <laughs> it's like 18 question. But. Um, for me personally, um, going through um, high, middle school and high school, um, from the outside, everything looked amazing. Um, a lot of people thought that I had, you know, the perfect life. I guess was a, a good student, was an okay athlete. Um, and there were a lot of things going on behind the scenes, and like people didn't know what I was going home to. and. Um, people didn't know the things that I would struggle with and that I had depression and anxiety. And for me, I kind of hid those things um, because I thought I was alone. I thought that I was the only person that really struggled with those things. And um, having this life that was portrayed as a great life, um, but really on the inside, I was struggling. Um, 
and just getting to the point where um, depression would keep me in bed for three, four days at a time, um, and suicide came into my life and um, really was something that I thought was the answer to this. Um, and so I just, I kind of hid everything and I didn't want people to really know what was going on in my life, people to, to know what was going on in my heart um, because I felt like an outcast, because I felt like um, there, it must be something that I was doing, like you said. Um, and if you're out there and you struggle with anxiety or depression, like you're not an outcast, you're not alone. Um, and struggling with depression and struggling with anxiety doesn't make you any less of a Christian whatsoever. Um, and I think that's something that's so important that people need to understand and have the willingness to talk about. Um, not because I think depression and anxiety, the power of it is stronger, but I think it's something that's going on in this world that we turn a blind eye to. Um, and it's something that needs to be addressed so people don't feel alone, so they don't feel like an outcast, that they understand that they're not alone through what they're going through. Um, and I think it's just so important for people to understand that, um, but also to understand that you don't have to succumb to depression, you don't have to succumb to anxiety. Just because you struggle with those things doesn't mean that's who you are. It's something that you struggle with, but you are so much more um, than just somebody that struggles with depression and somebody that struggles with anxiety. Um, and I think that is so important to get across to people um, because you can go into a church and you can go into a space or you can go into a school and feel so lost and feel so alone um, and feel like if you bring this up or if your friends know or if somebody knows that you struggle with these things that they're not going to be want to be around you um, and so if there's somebody in your family that struggles with it don't push them away um, if there's if you have a friend that struggles with them pull them even closer to you love them even more and be there for them um, because having a community is really the key um, to getting past the depression and anxiety don't you think just, I mean, Satan, I think, wants more and more for us to feel shame and guilt because of the anxiety and depression. Like, yeah. what's wrong with me? And, you know, he loves that we want to just kind of hide it from the world. Anything. Any of our, and not saying this is a sin, but God, anything in our life that is, we could say is like a, a challenge or a negative, we want to hide it. Yeah. And the wor that's the worst thing to do. Mm -hmm. And so bringing it out and talking to people is important. Definitely. So when you go into the schools, so one thing um, Tevin shared with us is that the suicide rate has doubled, is that right? Yeah. In, with teens since when? 2008. Since 2008, suicide has, has doubled. And in our own little town here, we just had a very sad situation with suicide in a young, a young man, um, late, I think he was 16. And so what Tevin's doing, getting out to the schools and talking about this, you know, truly saving lives. I mean, you could be, tell him like what happened at, he just spoke at a, a local high school, Lakewood High School. Tell him what happened at the end about how many people, like, like what were the, some of the things that you came out of that? Yeah, so um, after speaking at Lakewood High School, um, in most of the high schools that we go in and speak at, we get um, a reaction out of the kids. Um, we go in and it's me and either one or other two speakers and we just share our stories um, about the struggles that we've had personally um, through high school and understanding and be able to relate to the kids when it comes to um, depression, suicide, um, and then letting these kids know that there's hope for their life. Um, 
and that they can overcome these situations and really encouraging them um, to step up to not only overcome, but to be willing to tell somebody that they're struggling um, and understand that they're not alone and then understand that it's not weird to get help um, and see a counselor, get help for what they're struggling with. And so when we go into these schools, we get a lot of reaction. It's a very um, emotional um, period, but we get a lot of kids that will come up. And um, at Lakewood alone, we had, I would say, about 30 or 40% of the kids um, come up, wait in line to come talk to us, um, to tell us what they were struggling with, how it impacted them, um, and how, you know, we've, we've had kids that have come up and said, I was planning to take my life after school today. Um, wow. And because of your message, that's, that's changed. Wow. Um, and so we're able to get those kids plugged into counselors um, on the spot, um, get them plugged in with teachers that, that will take them and get whatever help they need. Um, and so it's, it's crazy, um, but it is, it's real. And this younger generation, um, being able to relate, I'm not much older than them, and knowing what it's like to go through what they're going through, um, they feel comfortable coming up and letting us know um, what they're struggling with, how it's impacted them. Um, and just to see that type of reaction, um, it breaks my heart that there's that many kids that struggle with these things mm-hmm. um, and that there's that many kids that feel hopeless. Um, but it's also awesome to see that lives are being reached, changed, and saved um, in the process. Mm-hmm. And so um, just seeing that and being able to do that and seeing you know, that many kids um, in this generation that feel that way and that struggle with these things. Um, it was something that I didn't understand at first. And the more I'm doing it, the more we kind of expect um, those kids to come down and understand that it's not a bad thing anymore, that it's a good thing, that it's the next step um, to them getting help. And it's the next step um, to them you know, wanting to live the life that they've been given. You know, so the organization that, um, the ministry that Kevin found, it's called Hope and Love, and you can find it at thehopeandlove.com. Is that correct? Thehopeandlove.com. And I want you to know that, you know, Ted, he's an extremely bright guy, smart, I mean, obviously well-spoken, has so much going for him, and and he could be out there making, doing a, a job, making a bunch of money and all that kind of stuff, but he's decided to go around the country and do this, to share this message. And the cool thing about it is they can't say to Tevin, you don't understand. Yes, I do. And the other thing is, me going into high school, not really the cool guy, okay? <laughs> I know it's hard to believe. But, I really, but you know, he's, and he travels with um, a girl, Colby. And I don't, what's Colby's last name? Koloff. Koloff. And she's a musician. And I mean, her voice, like someone said when they, she just played a song at our house now, too long ago, someone said, when she sings, the Holy Spirit moves in me. It's that. She's amazing. And so the two of them go off. And if you'd like to support Hope and Love, you can do that at thehopeandlove.com. And I highly recommend checking out their website as well. Okay. Um, Bree, um, now kind of get <clears throat> a little bit more into the neuroscience side of it all. <laughs> She's just going to be, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, I want just some information, like, I don't even know, like, you, I don't even know if I should ask you this, but what goes on in here? Is there something that they notice in the brain that happens for people who have anxiety and depression? Mm-hmm. What, is there something 
that causes it that a pill can help. Like, I mean, I know people, because I, I, I think sometimes people think, and I'm not again, I'm not about prescription medicines, guys, but sometimes you need that, right? Don't, mm-hmm. I tell us a little. Yeah, so the thing to know is that depression is like an incredibly complex um, disease, and it's not just something is too high or too low. Like, there's so many different factors that go into it. And kids during adolescence, their hormones are like fluctuating like crazy anyway. And their prefrontal, the front part of their brain isn't even developed yet fully. And so they're just so much more susceptible to almost like these little breaks in the brain because things are so developing, hormones are going crazy. And hormones do play a big part. Um, stress hormones, you also have neurotransmitters that you've probably heard of, like serotonin, right? Serotonin is like the feel good chemical. Um, and a lot of the medication does try and get serotonin, let's say, it's been thought generally that in depression you have too low, you have low levels of serotonin. That's one explanation. So some medication tries to raise your level of serotonin through some complex procedures, but it does work. Um, the medication you really have to talk to your doctor about, it really can help in cases like depression and anxiety because sometimes, depending on the person, you know, there are very specific things that if you just alter them, and it, it's a process, but you really can see results, especially in younger kids. Um, it can be more delicate because an unfortunate thing with some of this medication is that you actually see increased rates of suicide, depending. And so you really need to talk to your doctor. Um, and don't be afraid of medication. Don't be afraid of counseling. Those are all things that you personally just need to talk to a doctor or counselor about. So I don't want to say too much about that. But in terms of the mechanism, it's very complex. Some people are just more biologically, genetically disposed to have lower levels of these hormones that control mood. And so it's not your fault. You know, some of this you've just inherited. Another big part is your surrounding circumstances. So like Tevin talked about community being really important. Um, people who have no community will almost always feel isolated, alone, and those things can precipitate depression and anxiety. So you have to think, you have your genetics and stuff on one side, but you also have your environment on one side. And so maybe you can't control this, but you can try and control this. And put yourself in a group of people who are willing to listen, and you have to yourself be willing to be honest. Because people can't always tell, you know, what's going on in your mind. If you're depressed or if you have anxiety, you can't always expect them to ask. Maybe they don't know. And so you have to be a little bit brave and sometimes take the first step. Um... And just have open conversations with your family and with your friends. I think if you say depressed, some people think, oh, you're just crying all the time and you just feel sad. But depression is almost like a loss of any feeling at all for most people. You just don't feel anything and you just don't care. There's just like an emptiness and an exhaustion and just a what's the point kind of feeling. Um, And so it's not always just crying so sad all the time. Um, And in terms of your environment, so your genetics, you have kind of your environment. Stress is a big, big factor. So stress is a thing that can either skyrocket these things or it can kind of, you know, keep them tapered down. If you have, if you're predisposed genetically to these things, it might be something you have to be aware of um, in the back of your mind. Like I know for me, exercise is a big factor also in terms of my environment, things I can control, um, because that increases your serotonin and your endorphins and those things make you feel better, so to speak. Um, But yeah, biologically, stress is really bad. You have cortisol being released, 
And so if you're already predisposed to be depressed or to be anxious and you have like, you lose your job or um, your kid is really sick or if you're a younger student in high school, maybe your girlfriend or boyfriend just broke up with you, all of those things can kind of create the perfect storm of like, oh no, now all of a sudden. And once it starts, it can be a really fast moving train because the thoughts of anxiety and depression are very, this is my fault, I can't talk about it. I'm ashamed of this. And then, of course, all that just feeds into you feeling worse and worse. And then the thoughts increase, and then you feel worse, and there's more lies and more lies. And so once that train starts going, it can be really hard to slow it down. And it can definitely be a process. And so learning to identify the stressors in your own life, just biologically speaking, can be a great help. So for me, I know I have a tendency to get stressed about time. I always think, oh, there's not enough time for me to finish this. And so deadlines and those kind of things can sometimes, for whatever reason, make me feel really anxious. So just knowing, okay, and just kind of like having a conversation with myself, talking to my roommates, like, okay, this is what's going on. Can you, like, keep me in check mm-hmm. if I'm, like, spending too much time working late at night or if I'm not exercising or just, like, hold up in my room? So, yeah, just having people who will I don't know, keep you accountable. Not yeah. falling back in. Yeah. You have to yeah. know when you feel it when you feel it coming on, like what I'm hearing, Bree, I hear so if you feel it coming on, exercise helps mm-hmm. to realize that you don't want to have strict deadlines. You know, like what can yeah. you do? Just to realize the own things because my yeah. anxiety is like not always the same as like somebody else's anxiety. I don't even want to call it my anxiety, like it's mine. It's just the anxiety yeah. that sometimes affects me. Well, it's good to hear yeah. when it helps other people. Yeah. You know, so that if you are going through like like we were saying at the very beginning, we don't want you to feel like this is who defines you and this is who you are. Mm-hmm. And and I also don't want on the other side to say, well, do these three steps and you'll get rid of it. But yeah. it's also really good to say, okay, you know, we're all created a little bit differently. What can pull us out of that fog, that, that motion that we, we, we mm-hmm. feel coming on? Sometimes it's just trying different things. You know, if you do the same thing and it doesn't work and you keep doing the same thing, you got to try some different things. So like Bria was saying, mm-hmm. exercise and then, you know, trying to keep deadlines to a minimum, yeah. community, talking about it, having yeah. people in your life who can give Eating you a check. Is another big one. Yeah. Um, because the food you eat can actually increase your stress hormones or help to decrease. So like a really high fat, high sugar diet is just going to precipitate these things. Because oftentimes when you're very stressed, which you are when you're anxious or depressed, you have lots of stress hormones going on in your body, your blood sugar elevates. And so your blood sugar is already really high. And so if you eat increased, like a lot of starchy foods or a lot of high sugar, it's just going to increase even more, which is going to lead to higher heart rates and going to lead to like longer lasting effects like hypertension, um, diabetes if your blood sugar is raised for too long. So yeah, definitely diet can get. Even though when you're anxious or depressed, you're kind of just like, I don't care. I just want all the things, but... That's the tricky yeah. thing, guys, because you know that I, those words comfort food always kind of irk me mm-hmm. because food is not is now created to be our comfort. And now that I hear what you're saying, it's even like the, one of the worst things you can do when you're feeling anxious and depressed and stressed is to turn to those foods that aren't healthy. Um, Tevin, how about you? When you feel it coming out, I know you mentioned one book that really helped you. Yeah. What would you say, is there any, whether um, scripture or anything else that you would add to what Brian said that is kind of your go-to? Yeah, so like for me, when it comes on, um, like like I said earlier, community is so big for me um, to get around people um, because when 
usually when I'm alone, that's when I begin to get depressed and um, start feeling that. And then anxiety is something um, that's, uh, I wouldn't say new to me, but like this last season of life is where it's begin like heightening. And um, I, I think of it as like a devil's attack on what's going on. And, um, mm-hmm. and so for me, like when those things start coming on, I'm still kind of learning in the process of what works for me and what doesn't work for me. Um, one thing that I have learned that works for me is community. Um, getting into scripture is so big for me. Um, and then also the book that she's talking about, How's Your Soul um, by Judah Smith. And I recommend it to everybody. Um, Judah Smith, the pastor of the City Church out in Seattle, um, just an amazing leader, um, but somebody that struggles heavily with depression um, and anxiety. And so to hear his story and hear him talk about um, his struggles of how he felt like it didn't, it made him worse of a Christian. But now he's realized that like, it doesn't at all and that God actually has been using it in his life um, and using it in the people around him. Um, and so understanding that part and just t- him talking about um, really like how is your soul doing when it comes to these things? Um, because a lot of stress and a lot of anxiety and stuff can come from sin. It can come from um, mistakes you've made. But understanding and repenting um, and knowing that God doesn't hold it against you, so stop holding it against yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that's big for me. Um, and then also with anxiety, I know a lot of times when I find myself being anxious, um, it's because I feel like there's so much weight on myself. Um, and in the middle of anxiety, smack dab in the middle is an I. And so if I think of the things on myself and I think it's what I do, it's through my own power that I'll get through these things or that I can do these things. That's when anxiety comes into my life um, more than ever. And so understanding that it's all um, in God's hands really helps me. And it's a lot easier said than done. And um, that's something that I'm still working on every single day. Um, And just like the pride in it and understanding that it's God in the end. Like it's his plan. It's his will. You know, he's going to do what he wants to do. Um, He's going to, you know open the doors that need to be open. He's going to close the doors that need to be closed um, and to stop taking it on my own shoulders, um, especially with the, a lot came with the Hope and Love Tour. Um, we go into public schools and being able to get into the public schools isn't something easy. Um, and that door that was opened um, through sports and being an ex-athlete, um, I kind of took it on myself that, oh, I need to be able to get into public schools um, but God's really shown me that he's going to open up the doors that need to be opened. And he opened up that door to public schools in a way that I can't even imagine. Um, and so it's such an honor to be able to get into that, but it was nothing that I did. And so understanding that, um, in every situation is really what takes my anxiety down. Um, yeah, it's so like you're, you know, if you think you'll fail, you're right. You will fail, but God won't. God in you will work through you, you on your own. And it's that, it's that scripture, you know, nothing's impossible with God. I can, through him, I can do things. And when we start to realize that, we really don't have a big say in it all. I mean, yes, we have choices to make, but if the door closes, that's his, that's, you know what? If I'm praying and I'm trying to be obedient, I got to be okay with that. That's got to be okay. Like, okay, 
right, what, the, what else do you not got? Okay, if it's not that door, what's the next one? Yeah. And, um, yeah, we can't do it on our own. I think that's something so important to understand is that people don't fail. Plans fail. There might be something that you're trying to do that fails, but you, just because that plan or that thing fails doesn't mean you're a failure. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's so important to understand um, that gets rid of so much fear. Um, that if you're not scared to fail because you understand that you're not going to be a failure, it kills so much fear that holds so many people back from doing things sure. that will make a lasting impact. Absolutely. I, um, I called my son Quinn the other day after I heard Tevin talk. Um, I called my son Quinn, who's 19, and he's in college now. And I was just talking to him about suicide and, you know, how it's on the rise and talking about things. And, you know, he was, he was really sad because of it. And he, I said to him, I said, Quinn, are you good with who you are? Because, you know, it's, it is, it's an identity sometimes. It's like, you know, it's so easy to compare ourselves to everybody else, especially now with social media and all that. And I, I just, I said to him, are you, are you okay? Are you good with who you are? And he goes, well, like, I don't want to sound like boastful here, mom, but, you know, because God created me this way. But yeah, I am. And I just thought that's, you know, that's, guys, something you can talk to your kids about or your spouse about. It's on, I mean, he even said, that's kind of a weird question. I'm like, well, I ask weird questions. You know me, Quinn. And to just say, like, how are you doing with who you are? And, and, and even then to say, you know, there's so much beauty I see in you. I mean, these are, like, kind of awkward conversations sometimes. Mm-hmm. But don't you think, like, getting a, a, a child or an adult, really, to understand and get to a place where they can look in the mirror and go, so far from perfect, but I'm good. I'm yeah. good with who I am. Yeah. And I just think that's, a, that's a, something I, I so badly want for people. I know um, years ago, I, went, I was in church, and our pastor gave a sermon about stress and worry. And it's something that I literally pull to my mind often when I feel myself going, ooh, you know. He said that, and I can't remember the exact numbers, this was years ago, but something like 75% of the things that we stress and worry about never happen. 75% of things we stress and worry about, we have absolutely no control. And so sometimes when I feel myself going like this, oh, what's the good that's coming from this feeling of this going on? And I have to kind of just take a deep breath and everything and just realize that, you know, God is in control. And I'm not saying that this is the fix to it all, but it's something that can help you when you're feeling those things coming on. You know, most of the time those things don't happen. And then um, it's Second Corinthians, I think, 5.10. And... It says that we need to take every thought captive and we need to, you know, compare it to the truth of the word. And in those moments when you're feeling it coming on, that might be something that could help you is to have scripture up here. Because often when you feel that anxiety, it's not like you have your Bible sometimes sitting right there. So you need to be able to call it out of your brain. And so putting it into the brain, into memory, you know, there's a scripture that says, who of you through worry can add a single minute to your day. If you can't do this very little thing, why worry about the rest? Mm-hmm. Calling out that when I feel like, what's going to happen here? Oh, wait, I can't even add a single minute to my life. Okay, i got to chill out here and, and let it go. So just really putting that scripture into your mind. Um, anything else that you guys would like to add before we close it up here? Um, I have three things. One would be just if you do struggle with these things, um, knowing that 
the biggest lie that I always feel when these things come on strong is that it's always going to be like this. Like, I'm just always going to feel anxious or I'm just always, like, this current emotional state is just going to keep persisting. And that just makes me want to pull away from people because then I start to feel like a burden. And I don't want to feel like, oh, I'm just bringing everyone down or something like that. So that is, like, the biggest lie. And just to recognize that that is a lie, um, because even when those things have came on in my own life, it doesn't persist like that. You know, there are seasons where it's... Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So just counteracting that with like, no, it's not always going to be like this. And don't buy into that lie. And the second is just don't think of yourself as a burden. Um, one of my roommates struggles a lot with anxiety. And I used to have a friend back way back when that had panic attacks all the time. And she doesn't anymore, but she was so just afraid of becoming like a burden to me or to our other roommate. She didn't want to talk about it. She didn't want us to feel, I don't know, put out by helping her. But, like, it was such an honor to be able to help her through those and to, like, talk with her and pray with her. And, like, I wouldn't have wanted to be anywhere else but helping her. And also, just by doing that, it kind of, I don't know, by, like, releasing that love, it's almost like my own anxiety was, like, lifted a little bit by, like, doing that. And so never feel like you can't ask for help or, like, you're really putting people out. I mean, if someone just says no to your face, like, that's probably not someone you... Probably they're just making everything worse. So maybe put them yeah. to the side for a season. Um, but yeah, don't ever feel like you can't ask. And then the last thing was, even if you're not... Even if you do struggle with these things, but especially if you don't, just asking the people in your life, like, how they're doing. And not just like, oh, how are you? But like, no, like, how are you? And like, being really intentional and like, continuing to ask. And I find that if you do that, you'll be... The things that people will say... You're like, whoa, I like, had no idea you were going through that. And so just making space and a little bit of time in your schedule for your own family and friends and even people you don't know that well to just really ask, like, how are you doing? Because that could be, like, the one thing somebody needs mm-hmm. to just, like, say it and, like, get it out there, whatever they're going through. So, yeah, I think those are the three things. I need. Those are really good. Yeah. And I would just jump on that, like, last one. Um, and it just encourage all the parents out there. Yeah. Um, to talk to your kids about these things um, and understand that if your kid struggles with these things, that doesn't mean that you're a bad parent. That doesn't mean you did something wrong. I have an amazing mom, an amazing dad, and just a great family. Um, and I went through depression and suicide and all those things. Um, but just be willing to talk to your kids. Um, ask them if they struggle with these things. A lot of times, a, a kid's not going to lie about these things as weird as it is and as much as we would think that you know the shame would tell them to say oh no I don't show with those things the brain is telling you to get help um, and so it's if somebody asks and is willing to help it's hard for them to lie um, directly to your face about it and so talk with your kids um, love on them let them know that if they are struggling with these things that they're not an outcast that they're not weird um, and that it's not weird to get help. And so I just encourage you um, as parents to make a difference and not be afraid to talk about these issues. Um, one of the biggest myths that we hear with suicide is that if you talk about it, it could you know trigger somebody to do it. That's not the case. Um, talking about it actually saves lives um, and makes kids understand that it's not the solution um, to their pain. And so. Awesome. I, I so, so appreciate you guys. I mean, 
some of you know also that, you know, our family has a story. And um, my middle child, my son, who's now 21, um, when he was 16, took pills and took an ambulance down to Denver and was in the psych ward. And, you know, you as a parent, it can be really tough. You're like, what did I do? How did I miss it? You know, and I, I remember walking into the um, psych ward, which my husband and I both were like, what are we doing here? This was so, we never saw it coming. But I looked at my husband and I said, I want you to know, I don't blame you one iota for this. You, you know, and I think as a parent, we can beat ourselves up. And I think, you know, we do as a parent the best we can. And, but I think also hearing what Tevin's saying there, because on the outside, I didn't ask Neil probably deep enough, how are you doing? Because it looked perfect, like just like Tevin's life. I mean, the girls liked him, the sports were good, the grades were good, they were outgoing and they were fun, and all on the outside, you know, why would this person have any issues? Okay, it's, it's so much more than that. And so look at your child. Let them know you love them. I'm pleased with you. Let them know that. And, you know, when you do have to discipline, you discipline the action, not the person, you know, all that kind of stuff. But just saying, how are you doing? How do you feel about life right now? Like something more than just, how was school? You know, they go good. You go good. So... Guys, this is a tough topic because, again, um, what we like to do is kind of sweep it and hide it, and we don't want to talk about it, but bring it to the light. Bring it in front of those people, and I think that's what we're, we're hearing mainly is community. And just one last thing to end on a light note. So today, I was going to do this pizzazz workout, which is kind of dancing, and Bree says, you know, one of the best things for anxiety and depression is dancing. So I thought the three of us could stand up right now and dance for a while. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> but do some pizzazz. You feel it coming on. You got the music, you got the moves. All right, guys, that's it. We love you, and I hope that you can uh, learn something that you can pass it on to others. Thanks.